Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Very Cold Lasagna Podcast, your place for all those filthy casual takes on the world of sports. I am your host, Dylan Lasagna. This is episode number 178 of this icy yet spicy sports podcast. And in this episode, we're here to talk about our second and final part of our 2023 NFL Conference Championship Sunday, Sunday, Sundays preview. So we already talked about the first game two episodes ago here on Veracold Lasagna, which was the AFC Championship game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And now in part two, we're here to talk about the NFC Championship game between the three-seeded Detroit Lions and the top-seeded San Francisco 49ers, which is my team. So with that being said, uh, this is a big weekend uh, coming up to determine who is going to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And it's just around the corner, man. Um, for all these football fans, even though those non-football fans, a big weekend for sports, entertainment, sports entertainment. That being said, before we get the ball rolling on our NFC Championship 2023 preview here in this episode, a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Make sure you follow Very Cold Lasagna on social media on X and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. If you're listening to this on audio for all my audio only listeners out there, make sure you rate and review the show one to five stars, however you want to rate it. And leave a review as well. Provide me some feedback, what you like, what you don't like. Um, helps me try to improve the show. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you smash the like button. Smash the subscribe button. Leave a comment with your own takes on whatever topic I'm talking about. Let's say for this episode, for example, and the many other episodes that I do. And share this with your friends. Share this with a neighbor. Share this with the stranger. Share this with whoever you want to share the Very Cold Lasagna podcast towards as long, of course, whether it's the good word, the bad word, you're sharing it around about very cold lasagna. So that being said, actually, before we get started, sorry, um, we've already covered the AFC Championship, and then now we're covering the NFC Championship in two episodes. And in between that, we, we've talked about also the Royal Rumble uh, in between these episodes. So that's coming up as well uh, this weekend. And we did a little 20th anniversary retro review of the 2004 Royal Rumble. So also make sure to check out that episode as well. And yeah, just continue to spread um, the old icebox and the very cold lasagnas, however you can, around with your friends, strangers, and all that good stuff. So enough dilly-dallying. Let's talk about this big, utter game that's coming up this coming Sunday. And that is the NFC Championship game between my San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. For both of these teams... There's a lot of stake here for both of them. So this for the Detroit Lions, they, they've had a pretty impressive season, man. They've had a really impressive season, um, and nobody expected them to really make it this far. But here they are. Here are the Detroit Lions making their first ever NFC Championship appearance since 1991. That's over 30 years. Well before I was born. <laughs> well before I was born. Um, so... First NFC Championship game since their first and only so far appearance in 1991, where they lost to the Washington Redacted, uh, now known as the Washington Commanders, um, where and where in that that game they lost to the, to Washington before Washington went on to win the Super Bowl against the Bills. Meanwhile, for my, my San Francisco 49ers, this is their third straight NFC Championship game, um, having lost in the last two years to the LA Rams. And the Philadelphia Eagles. And we all know how that story went last year. So this time around, 
they're hosting the NFC Championship game against the Detroit Lions, and well, we'll talk more about um, what their their expectations are as well. So these two teams did not meet each other in in the past regular season, so the 2023 season. So just like with the Chiefs and the Ravens, it's been a little bit of a while since these two teams last met each other in like actual combat. So the last time they did meet each other in actual combat was in 2021. So same thing, same deal, same shebang with the Ravens and the Chiefs. So they met each other like at the very start of the regular season in 2021. The Niners went up to Detroit to take on the Lions um, and Dan Campbell's first game as a head coach and Jared Goff's first game as a Lions quarterback. Uh, The Niners were up big in that game and that was until the Lions managed to catch up in the fourth quarter and make it a one score game, but the Niners went out to uh, hold them off. But you saw some signs. You saw a little bit uh, of some near optimism from the Lions. Some, some babies, very small baby steps from Dan Campbell's Lions. Um, some busting the kneecaps there, pal. But anyway, I digress. And, you know, also it was a little bit of a different Niners team uh, from two years ago. I mean, of course, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback. But, yeah, a little bit of a different team back then. Of course, a little bit of a different Lions team back then as well. So here we are. For, for both of these teams, a lot different now since they last met each other in 2021. So clearly different teams. So let's start with the Lions. How'd they get here? Um, how'd they even get to this point where nobody really thought they would get uh, really get here? They would some people, of course, picked them to win the NFC North, um, but not make it as far as where they where they at now. So for the Detroit Lions, um, where they were last year, they didn't make the playoffs, but they made this emphatic statement win in Green Bay against the Packers, uh, spoiling their playoff hopes, ending the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay to close out the 2022 season. So. They pretty much went to the offseason ready to achieve more. They made up they made all these big moves on defense to replenish their to try and add to their secondary, add to the to the front seven, um, get some weapons on offense to go and support Jared Goff. Um, I think they also made a little bit more moves on the offensive line, which was already really good. So they made all these moves to go and help out their team that's pretty much well on their way already. So they went to the to, to this season trying to claim their first ever NFC North title and make it to the playoffs in what felt like the first time in a long time. So they began that goal uh, with an even louder statement um, in week one when they had to go to Kansas City to take on the defending and undisputed Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs, on opening night. Very close matchup between those two teams, but the Lions managed to come out on top um, and send a statement to the league like, hey, that, that week 18 victory in Green Bay, like several months prior, that was no joke. We are here to stay, said Detroit. So throughout the season, you know, behind an, an energetic offense by, by led by Jared Goff, at quarterback, and you have this supporting cast consisting of running back duo David Montgomery, and they went out to draft rookie Jameer Gibbs, which people were saying was a very controversial pick um, back in April. I mean... I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. I actually liked it. Um, and eventually over time, it panned out for them. It panned out for them throughout the season. And then you have this receiving cast of receiver Amon Ross St. Brown, 
rookie tight end Sam Laporta, who went on to become one of the uh, premier uh, tight ends in, in that season. And then Jamison Williams, who eventually came into um, a secondary player for them as well after once he um, returned from suspension uh, for six games. And then uh, uh, other third third receivers like Josh Reynolds. So the Lions powered their way midseason through a 6-2 and two record. But then they hit a bit of a snag around Thanksgiving, taking some pretty bad losses um, to the Bears and the Packers. And they were not really, like, doing all that well. Like, you know, offensively, they were kind of eh, pretty struggling, um, especially with, like, taking care of the football. Um, and then their defense, which had been a pretty pretty big flaw for them, uh, especially in the passing department, in the passing defense, it, it was a pretty big flaw, which is also costing them uh, costing them games and forcing the offense to really, to really deliver. But nonetheless... They bounced back with two important uh, wins over the Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings towards the end of the season. And with that win over the Vikings in Minnesota, they clinched their first ever NFC North title and their first division title in over 30 years when the last time they did it, it wasn't even the NFC North. It was the NFC Central. So, damn, when you think about it, if you're a Lions fan, it's been a long time, you know? Even for someone on the outside looking in, I, I feel for you. I really do feel for you because I'm, sometimes just looking at them, you know, having sometimes make fun of the lines. Oh, the same old lines. No, you know, just looking at uh, the Detroit Lions now, it's just like, damn, they're really building something over there. They really are because look at them now. 12 and 5, heading to the playoffs as a three seed NFC North champions. And then. They get to host up their first playoff game in over 30 years as well in a very poetic battle against their old friend that they tra- that they traded away, asked for a trade because, you know, sometimes it's just time to move on. Matthew Stafford uh, and his new team that he won a Super Bowl with, the LA Rams, um, in, a pretty, in a pretty chaotic battle of wits and wills. Um, in what, and it, again, initially was primed for a shootout, but they, the Lions overcame uh, uh, what ended up being a stalemate late in the game. They got one up over the Rams um, in a pretty heated battle towards the end, 24-23. They won their first playoff game in that same span. So, damn. Impressive win for the Lions there. So, the good news for the Lions, too, um, during that wildcard weekend is that they had the honor of getting yet another home playoff game in front of their crazy rabid fans that had been waiting so long for, for glory that they could thank the Dallas Cowboys for choking. They could thank the Cowboys for choking away uh, a winnable game against the seven seeded Packers. So they had the honor of hosting the bucks on divisional Sunday and the Lions look poised to run away with that game. Um, run with they with that game late. Um, but they had to, they had to do a little bit of business first because Baker Mayfield rallied the Bucs. Um, they've been playing uh, pretty solidly all season, too. Um, and a little bit coming off an upset victory of the Philadelphia Eagles. They weren't uh, ready to lie down just yet. Uh, their sink, their ship wasn't about to be sunk just yet. Because Baker Mayfield rallied the Bucs back to a one-score game late. But then there were some questionable decisions that they made um, as well. But linebacker Derek Barnes notched a game-stealing interception 
a key one for the Lions to shut down the Bucks' comeback and get the Lions their first ever, not their first ever, their first NFC Championship appearance in over 30 years, 31 to 23. So, yeah, it's like a big, big, well, almost big capper um, if they manage to do the unthinkable uh, this Sunday. But nonetheless, you know, think where you are uh, as a Lions fan, like several years ago, you're like middling around with uh, fertility, and now here you are um, on the one win away from a Super Bowl. Like, you got something over there. You really do have something over there with Dan Campbell, uh, Jared Goff, and this, like, big group of skill player, talented skill players over there. Like, really, you, you, you guys do have something over there. So, will it be enough, though? That's the question. That's the question that you have to face against my San Francisco 49ers. So for San Francisco, entering the season, um, they were looking to not only return back to the NFC Championship game, but this time win it. They faced two seasons of heartbreak two season, uh, and one season of what could have been. So remember, as I said before, um, they faced the LA Rams that season where they were just the inches away from going to the Super Bowl in their rival stadium. It was just an interception away. A Jim, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo-less interception away from going to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, it just ended in heartbreak. And then the next year, where rookie Brock Purdy stunned the world. He he came out, uh, you know, the last pick in the draft. He came out, broke out. And then, unfortunately, in that NFC Championship game in Philadelphia, taken out just like less than less than five minutes into the game in that very first series um, with that elbow injury because the offensive line couldn't protect him. And then you never knew what was going to come out of that game. You never knew the true result of that NFC title game because, well, we had no quarterbacks. Josh Johnson also got knocked out of that game. Um, and, you know, Trey Lance was already injured. Jimmy Garoppolo was already injured. So you never really knew what the game would have been like um, if Brock Purdy never really got hurt. So the 49ers were not only looking to return back to the NFC title game, but this time go and win it and get back to the Super Bowl for the first time since 2019, where they also experienced heartbreak in that one, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, yeah, been almost... Five years since they, they've been there. So, speaking of Brock Purdy, uh, he answered the season with questions. You know, like I said, with that elbow injury uh, that knocked him out of the, the NFC title game in Philadelphia several months prior. But he pretty much put those questions to rest um, in the preseason and training camp. Um, and then, well, he also sent away uh, former third overall pick, Trey Lance, to the Cowboys. So, yeah. Sam Darnold, the backup, beat out Trey Lance. Yeah. We all remember that uh, fiasco uh, in the summer. And, well, I just hope Trey Lance is doing well. So, anyway, uh, the Niners started off 5-0 in pretty much dominant fashion thanks to some strong showings on both sides of the ball. You know, Purdy playing like the quarterback that broke out um, late last year, um, late last season, um, once he stepped onto the field um, last year as a starter, being supported by an all-star cast of Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. And then leading the way on defense on the other side of the ball was a strong front four um, led by Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave. And then a back line led by linebacker Fred Warner and corner Charverius Ward 
a safety towel no hufunga unfortunately before he got hurt <laughs> like damn that's still a loss but then you after they start after they went five and zero, they were coming off that big win at home against dallas they went to cleveland and that's where things thought i thought we're gonna go into a little bit of a tailspin um they during that game in cleveland you saw injuries to Debo samuel and then trent williams the the tackle got hurt um and then they experienced a little bit of downturn with those games against the Vikings and the Bengals. So in all in all, a three-game skid going to their bye week. And yeah, I was kind of panicking. I was kind of panicking that the season was going to take a bit of a uh, turn for the worse. Um, because like without those two, it was like Rock Purdy was like playing pretty bad. He was turning the ball over like a good amount um, without two of his key skill players. It's like, man, it's really that bad, huh? It's like, it's really that bad. It's like people, like a lot of people, including me, were kind of questioning um, Mark Purdy at that time. But afterwards, um, once they came back, the bye week really, I guess, really helped them. Um, and a few other players, uh, banged up players, were healthy. They're pretty much back to their old selves. Um, despite some late season regression a little from the defense, and, you know, Tal No Hufunga getting injured, torn ACL um, in that Bucks game in week 11, Purdy in the offense. We're still rather strong um, as the Niners wrapped up the division in Arizona. Um, they got the NFC's top seed two weeks later, thanks to Arizona. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess, you know, maybe that having that top seed uh, was a little bit too beneficial for the 49ers because, yeah, they used that last week of the regular season to rest up. Um, he'll let the, the starters rest a little bit, but I guess that was a little bit too much rest because, yeah, by virtue of getting that top seed, they got the first round by, but then <laughs> as seen in the divisional game uh, in that rainy ass wet game against the Packers at home, it really affected them. It really affected them. Sure. They practiced. Um, they got some hard practices in um, during their bye week in the playoffs, but damn, it didn't really look like they practiced um, in that game because they were damn near eliminated by the underdog Packers because they were sluggish. They're underperforming in the rain at night. Um, but nonetheless, you know, despite the best efforts of the pack, Jordan Love, they still made the key plays when it mattered most. Purdy went on a fourth quarter game winning drive um, that was sealed by Christian McCaffrey, running it in, pounding the rock uh, to take the late lead. And then Jordan Love throws a pretty bad pass, uh, trying to go clutch. And then Dre Greenlaw intercepts him for a second time, the most important one, to seal a 24-21 to 21, uh, pretty ugly win, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, a win is a win, and it puts uh, their spot in their third straight NFC Championship game. And well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, a matchup that, well, most people didn't expect uh, for when the season started, um, at least not from the Lions' side, uh, to be honest with you. But hey, you know, as I said before, I mean, good for the Lions that they made it this far. Um, everyone was expecting, oh, the Eagles or the Niners are going to match up again. But, well, where are the Eagles now? But, gone. But for the Lions and the Niners, this is a big, this is a, still a big matchup for them. The Lions looking to get to their first ever Super Bowl. The Niners looking to get re redemption. And, quote unquote, finish the story. So, looking at some of the key matchups uh, for both of these teams, um, there's actually a couple of big ones, a couple of big, uh, big key 
uh, positional matchups in this game. So starting with Brock Purdy, he's going up against a Lions pass rush that has actually been pretty good um, in these playoffs because when you look at Aiden Hutchinson, that Aiden Hutchinson led pass rush, yes, Aiden Hutchinson can be a one man wrecking crew um, against that kind of meh, kind of concerning 49ers offensive line. It could really it, it could really affect Purdy. Just look at the game last week against the pass the the Packers pass rush with Rashawn Gary um, and all those other Packers players. It was like very concerning. It, I don't know. I, I didn't really understand why Brock Purdy was severely limited in the pocket when at times it looked like there wasn't any pressure. They weren't coming. They were the the Irons offensive line was really uh, contained that Packers uh, defensive line, but nonetheless. It's like Brock Purdy really has to know where the pressure is coming. Um, the weather is not going to be an excuse this time around because it's going to be sunny as hell, 68 degrees, clear skies um, around Santa Clara. So there's not going to be an excuse this time around uh, for Purdy um, against that Lions pass rush and especially that offensive line. So they, they Purdy really has to do some damage. Um, and if he can't, then that's a problem. And then another key thing to look out for is the Niners' front seven, um, the, the back tail line um, against the Lions' offensive line. Can they get that pressure? Um, and the Lions um, hold up their end of the bargain against a Niners' strong uh, seven, uh, you know, with their their front four and their back line of, of Warner, uh, Greenlaw, and then whoever's going to be at safety. Um, pray to God that's, uh, Jair Brown. I mean, no disrespect to Logan Ryan, but he's got a lot of steps to, especially in that divisional game. Like, maybe interchange, like, switch, like, have split the load between uh, Jair Brown and Logan Ryan, but have Jair Brown start. Well, nonetheless, um, the Lions offense, more on them in a bit. They're going to have a test on their hands against the Niners' front seven. And then these two teams are going to probably beat up each other in the air. Because both their teams' secondaries are going to be really tested against their uh, each other's receivers. Because the Lions' pass defense is really bad. It is really bad. Um, no, no doubt about it. Especially on the outside, in the middle, it can be okay um, at times. But when you attack them on the sides, at in the court, at on their corners, it is very suspect. Um, so that if you, I suspect San Francisco is going to really attack that. And then on the Lions perspective the, the Niners corners can be can be pretty good if they're not missing tackles but if they aren't missing tackles that's something Jared Goff can exploit maybe he can also exploit the middle of the field with Sam Laporta so this is going to be an interesting battle um, to keep an eye on uh, looking at the injury report uh, for both of these teams uh, for the Lions two of their starting offensive linemen um, left Sunday's games uh, with injuries so Left guard Jonah Jackson is going to be especially key in this, uh, is key, very key to that offensive line. But uh, he's not expected to play in this game um, because he had minor surgery on a knee injury that he suffered in that Bucks game on Sunday. So that's a big loss for them. That is a really big loss for um, that Lions offensive line that has been really strong, like a big, that's been a wall all year. But losing him, is big. Um, center Frank Ragno, the starting center, even though he hasn't practiced, 
He still projects that he's going to be able to go on Sunday. He said he's been feeling a lot better, but having him less than 100% is, you know, something that the Niners will take advantage of. You already don't have Jonah Jackson, and you have a less than 100% Frank Ragno. So that's something the, the Niners, especially in the interior with Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, um, and you throw, if they want to try to throw in Nick Boza, try to throw him in the, in the interior on certain certain plays, that's something they can exploit. Uh, receiver Khalif Raymond, he hasn't practiced either with the knee injury. Uh, we'll see um, on the, the last practice report that if they're going to, if he's going to play and then backup tight end Brock Wright um, suffered a forearm injury and he's now gone. He's on injury reserve. So in a corresponding move, the Lions signed uh, veteran tight end Zach Ertz to the practice squad, and they're probably going to elevate him. So I know people were saying, oh, this is a desperation move. How much uh, how, how much health does the Jared Goff need? And, and, you know, that was my initial reaction too. But then I saw uh, the injury news to Brock Wright. So, I mean, I can't really knock him for it. So for the 49ers on their side, uh, Debo Samuel, um, there was a lot of concern on – on everybody's side, including my side, um, like literally two, a couple plays into the game, like minutes into the first quarter, he left the divisional game with a shoulder injury. It's the same one that he suffered all the way back in Cleveland in week six. Um, but thankfully, um, there's no structural damage. There's no um, like injury. There's no fractures, um, unlike last time. So Kyle Shanahan, uh, during the week, he said he's feeling better and there's videos surfacing on Thursday that he did practice in a limited capacity and he was moving around fine or much better. So it gives him a chance to play if he practices fully on Friday. So that gives you an indication that he's going to do everything in his power to play in this game. So good signs for Debo. Uh, meanwhile, edge rusher Clendon Farrell, uh, he was placed on injury reserve with a knee injury um, before the divisional game. So his season is over. But the good news for the 49ers is that defensive lineman Kalia Davis, um, his practice window is open, um, and he was seen practicing in full on Thursday. So he had been out uh, since like somewhere in December with a high ankle high ankle sprain. But if they activate him for this game, big death for their defensive line. So good stuff to see there. Um, the Niners heading into this game pretty healthy. Um, the Lions, um, they're relatively healthy other than their offensive line. So, um, these two teams mostly healthy, um, heading into Sunday's game. So keys to victory for both of these teams, uh, for the Detroit Lions, uh, starting on their offensive side of the ball. Uh, you got to pound the rock with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Um, the Niners running defense, um, hasn't been good in the last month or so. And they've been giving up, uh, a good amount of yardage to opposing running backs, especially last week. A hundred yards rushing to Aaron Jones um, in that wet ass rain. So it's like, ugh. and yeah, I understand Eric Armstead was back. Um, you know, having not played in about a month, but still, it's like you can't, you can't do that, man. So this is a matchup that coordinator Ben Johnson is surely going to exploit, um, and whether rain or shine. So expect him to use Montgomery on. Inside on the inside, and then Jameer gives on some power, uh, some explosive running plays on the outside. Um, and then in the passing game, you got to burn the Niners secondary um, with explosive plays to your various uh, weapons on offense. I already uh, implied to this earlier, or 
explicitly said this earlier. Um, one of the Niners' other flaws has been the secondary's inability to make the initial tackle. They sometimes also blow coverages, especially if they start slipping and sliding, start uh, slipping on the on the on the grass. And you know, with the Lions' really good offensive line, um, although they'll be without one of their key uh, left guards in and Jonah Jackson, Jared Goff needs to burn that secondary uh, in the middle of the field with uh, Sam Laporta and make some explosive plays with uh, Amon Rossi Brown or Jameson Williams. So the world is yours um, if you're the Detroit Lions offense. So you got to find ways to burn that Niner secondary with some explosive plays, uh, whether in the middle or on the outside. And then defensively, your, your pass rush has to have another big game because last week they did a good job um, forcing Baker Mayfield into some turnovers, especially that key one to end the game. Got four sacks on Baker to get him, uh, get the offense off the field. Um, and as I said before, the Niners offensive line, especially when Aiden Hutchinson is slated to line up against right tackle Colton McKivitt. And, you know, McKivitt, he's had some very mixed results. Let's be honest here. That 49ers offensive line, other than Trent Williams, is still one of their weak points. So you want to make Brock Purdy feel very uncomfortable, as he was last week against Green Bay? Generate a crap ton of pressure in the pocket. Meanwhile, for my San Francisco 49ers, you got to figure out how to stop a run. I mean, I've already talked about this just minutes ago from the Lions perspective, but the Niners just have to find a way to, to stop... Stop opposing running backs. I mean, you have Eric Armstead back. I mean, yeah, he's probably still trying to find his rhythm. But you have other guys there, too. I mean, Javon Hargrave's right there. Uh, Nick Boza's there. Uh, Jay's young. Yeah, he's been, honestly, kind of a disappointment of a trade. But, I mean, hey, he's playing on a, on a contract deal anyway. But still, you need to stop the run, nonetheless. You're facing a much faster back in Jameer Gibbs. You're facing a power back in David Montgomery, and those both of them are gonna kill you if you can't contain them. So everybody on defense is gonna have to keep tabs on both Jameer and Montgomery. So you really have to stop the run in this game. Otherwise, it's gonna open up the Lions offense. Speaking of the Lions offense, you gotta get any sort of pressure onto Jared Goff. Um, so one one key member of that offensive line for Detroit, yeah. It could be beneficial, but at the same time, if you don't get any pressure on them, you're going to jerk off all the time in the world uh, to throw that damn ball. So the, the Niners, they have a defensive line that, that has taken up half of the salary cap, and yet they're having a lot of trouble getting to the quarterback. You know, Nick Boza, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and also, you know, the back line of Fred Warner, who sometimes goes after the quarterback too. You need to get some damn pressure. You need to... Go after the quarterback, get some sacks in because there there have been a couple games this season where you have not sacked the quarterback, including last week against Jordan Love. Jared Goff is an immobile quarterback that loves to stay in the pocket. And if you can't do that, it's going to be a very long day for the 49ers. And then offensively, Brock Purdy, he's he's it's simple. He's got to have a much better game than he did in the divisional play, in the playoff game. I get it. rain, rust, played a role. But like I said, there's no excuse for that first part. There's going to be no rain. No no rain at all. It's going to be sunshine, rainbows, uh, all over Levi Stadium. 
Um, 68 degrees, clear weather. So weather is not going to be a factor at all in this game unless, you know, uh, the meteorologist says, oh, no, there's been a change, pal, uh, for this game. So, yeah. Yeah, the weather played a role last week. But interestingly enough, um, they didn't impact Jordan Love. Uh, at least the weather part didn't impact Jordan Love. So might have been a party issue because he had a hard time gripping that ball, yet Jordan Love uh, was doing fine with the ball. So Purdy, it's simple. You got to play much better um, while erasing last year's memory of the early exit from the NFC title loss because, yeah, you don't want to, like, go into this NFC championship game and then have a terrible performance again um, and pretty much, you know, yeah, say tell, tell the world that it's like, oh, this is what would have happened last year too. So he has to know when the pressure is coming uh, against the opposing defense. He has to know when this O-line is failing him. You got to get out of the pocket, uh, throw on the run to whether it's uh, Ayuk, Jawan, whoever's out there. You got to be able to, you got to get back to throwing on the run um, out of the pocket. Like, I don't know why he was like stuck in super, super glue in the pocket for a lot of that game in green uh, against green Bay. It was like, what do you, I was like screaming, like get out of the pocket. It, it was like making me insane. It was like raising my stress levels. I was like, I was getting so pissed off. So I don't know. Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I don't know if it was a him thing or a Kyle Shanahan thing, but speaking of Kyle Shanahan, he's got to help his quarterback out too. He's got to scheme up the play, some plays to get Ayuk, Kittle, Samuel, McCaffrey, pretty much everybody involved in the passing game. So, Purdy, he's got to play a lot better in this NFC title game because this is win or go home. You're one win away from the Super Bowl. You gotta, you gotta, you know, quote unquote, finish the job. You gotta finish the job that you weren't able to do last year. This is part two of it, and if you want to get to part three, the final part, you gotta play a lot better than you did last week. So, for both of these teams, they're coming in with big goals in mind. Detroit. Seeking for hope, seeking for uh, the one thing that has not been that has not been there for them yet, and that is their first ever Super Bowl appearance, and more importantly, their first ever Super Bowl title, and they're just one win one win away from that, and this would be that would be a capper to their, perhaps their best season ever. Meanwhile, for the 49ers, they're seeking the second part, as I said before, of their redemption story, uh, from the way. Things ended last year in Philadelphia. So something has to give. Something has to give in this game. Something has to give in this NFC title game. And unfortunately on Sunday, that something comes at the expense of the Detroit Lions. And I know this is not me being all, oh, I'm a Niners fan and all that and all that and all that good stuff. No, well, unless, you know, the Niners don't show up again early in this game. And that's when the Lions will really take control. But I just feel like the Niners, they have a lot more firepower on both sides of the ball. I mean, look, um, that's if, you know, as long as Rock Brady takes advantage of all of them, and so does Kyle Shanahan, schemes up some better place for him. But they have a lot more firepower. Rock Purdy, he knows damn well how to use them all when he when he's able to. Um, with Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, and then even the key, the key skill players like uh, Jawan and even Chris Conley got involved as well when Debo was out. He stepped up big. And then defensively, all the, half of that salary cap is on the defensive side of the ball. And yet, they have not 
really produced all that well in the playoffs or like late in the season. So they really need to step it up. So their back is against the wall. Um, and they really got to bounce back if they're a very crappy performance that nearly ended their playoff run early last week. But I do think the Lions will make it close. Everyone's saying, oh, it's going to be a blowout. Or they're gonna, the Niners are going to run away with this game. But I think the Lions, you know, Dan Campbell has always having this team play tough. It's going to be a tough game. But I, I think Brock Purdy and the Niners are going to get one step closer to, quote-unquote, finishing the story that they couldn't finish last year. And they're going to win this NFC Championship game at home. And move on to part three of, quote-unquote, finishing the story in Las Vegas. So... What do you guys think? What do you guys think about this upcoming NFC Championship game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions on Sunday that caps up Conference Championship Weekend 2023 in the NFL? So, let me know your thoughts. Are you going with the Detroit Lions or the 49ers on Sunday? Let me know which team you're rolling with. Um, even if you're not a fan of either team, let me know your thoughts um, in the comments on YouTube or on social media, on X or Instagram, send me a message of who you're rolling with on NFC Championship Sunday, ever you want to do it. But anyway, that is it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. I am your filthy casual host, Dylan Lasagna, signing out of episode number 178 of this icy yet spicy podcast. Enjoy this big weekend of sports entertainment, pal. We have the Royal Rumble 2024 and of course, NFL Conference Championship Sunday, which we've discussed. The AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship game. Four teams, two big matchups this Sunday. And then, of course, the two big Royal Rumble matches. Should be a good weekend of sports entertainment uh, this big weekend. And I'll, I'll be back to recap both of them. All three uh, big, big events. You know, the AFC, NFC Championship games, and then the Royal Rumble next week. So... Stay tuned for those episodes when they come out. But anyway, that is it for this episode of Very Cold Lasagna. Until the next time, keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of sports. And until the next one, peace out.